0: If you've been thinking about getting a new pet, you've probably also been wondering, how do I introduce our new pet to our child? And how do we give them the basis for a successful and healthy relationship? That's exactly what we're gonna cover in today's episode. Stay tuned. Parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three. And you're listening to the Raised Resilient podcast where each week we tackle tough parenting topics and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Welcome back to Raised Resilient. I'm your host, Dr. Hillary, and I so appreciate you being here. So, today's episode was inspired by the fact that we just got a puppy. You might remember me talking back in November of 2022 about how we said goodbye to our sweet, sweet, almost 14-year-old yellow lab named Boomer. And then I talked a lot in the episode I did on talking to kids about death about our German shepherd, River, who died really unexpectedly when she was about 10. I talked a lot in that episode about how hard it was to lose her and how we supported the kids through our own grief when we had to say goodbye to her. And after losing Boomer, my husband and I were really sure that we were going to go, I don't know, at least a year without having a dog. We thought, let's just take a little break. We will be able to travel. It'll be cheaper. We'll just take a break from having a dog. We have three kids. We are busy enough. And we also wanted to give ourselves the space to grieve Boomer and River. They were our kids before we had kids. They were so special to us. And actually, my husband adopted Boomer when we had been dating about four months. And at the time, I was in one of the busiest seasons of my graduate program. And I was like, yeah, okay, good luck with that. You know, no part of me thought that this would necessarily become my dog, even though I definitely saw a future with my husband. And I definitely thought even by then that we would probably get married, but I don't know why. I just didn't think of him getting a puppy as me getting a puppy. I was like, okay, good for you. I'm not ready to get a puppy, but you do that. And you can probably see where this is going. I met Boomer one time and instantly he was my dog too. I even moved in with my husband three months earlier than I was going to, to help him take care of Boomer. And he became our first child pretty instantly. And then nine months later, because apparently we're crazy, we decided Boomer needed a friend because we were both working outside of our home and for long hours. And we wanted Boomer to have someone to keep him company. So we adopted River, and she was a puppy at the time. And there was a period of time where we were thinking, what in the world did we just do? Because Boomer was a stubborn nine month old yellow lab. And if you've seen Marley and me, that's kind of where we were at. We were doing intensive training with him, and River, was a puppy, staying up all night, needing to be let out all the time. So the combination of the two plus our jobs and me with grad school was a lot, but we made it work. And we trained those sweet dogs to be such wonderful companions. And by the time we had kids, they were just instantly amazing with them. They really took to the kids as if they were their own. And it was really, really sweet and such a special thing. And so losing Boomer and River was really, really hard. and It really represented the end of an era in our lives. And so we said, we're going to give ourselves some time to just remember them and be dog free for a little while. But if you're a fellow dog lover, then you understand that even with three children running around the house, the silence is deafening when you're used to living with a dog and you suddenly find yourself without one. So I think we made it through the holidays, maybe a few weeks into the new year. And then my husband started talking about how he really wanted another dog. But every time he would say that, he would quickly follow it up with, but I'm not ready yet. And I would say, I totally get you. I want a dog too, but I'm not ready yet. And so the conversation kept going on like that for months. And then around the end of April, we started to talk about it more seriously And even though we had talked about maybe doing another dog around the holidays next year, we both realized pretty quickly that we were both ready now. And so we started looking for a puppy. We wanted the kids to have the experience of raising a puppy. So we started looking at different rescues, talking to different people. And long story very short, we ended up with a puppy about three days after we got very serious about looking, which is wild and way faster than we thought it would happen. But her name is Echo and she's a golden retriever and she is just absolutely precious. She turns 10 weeks tomorrow and we have already gotten her mostly sleeping through the night. She's doing basic commands like sit and come and already starting to do leave it. And the kids are over the moon. For this puppy but while the transition has been generally really positive there have definitely been some challenging moments and some challenging parts and that inspired me to want to do this episode because i know a lot of you might be thinking about getting a pet and how do you introduce that pet to your child and what are the considerations to have so that's what i wanted to talk about today i wanted to give you some tips and considerations for introducing your child to a new pet both from the pet's perspective and from the child's perspective and from your perspective, how can you make this a smooth transition if this is something that you're thinking about doing? But before I jump into that, I just wanted to remind you that I have a free resource for you that is going to be so, so helpful if you are currently struggling with either your child's behaviors or with how you are responding to these behaviors. The very first step is to shift how you are seeing your child. And their behaviors and yourself in these hard moments. And so that is exactly why I created this guide. It's called Six Mindset Shifts to Ditch the Overwhelm and Parent in a Way that Feels Good. And this guide is going to help you get your mindset right so that these hard moments feel a little bit lighter. One of my listeners recently wrote me an email telling me that this guide specifically has changed her life. She said that it has helped her see her kids' behavior through a completely new lens, which has given her the freedom to drop some of these old narratives like, my kid's behavior defines how good of a parent I am, or bad behavior needs punishment. She has really started to literally see her kids through a different lens in these hard moments, and that has allowed her to show up in a way that feels good, which is exactly my goal. So you can download your copy totally free at RaisedResilient.com forward slash mindset. Okay, so let's dive into today's episode. I wanted to start by talking a little bit about how do you know if you're ready to welcome a pet into your home? I know it was something that we wrestled with a lot because it is a lot of work. And when we make the decision to bring an animal into our home we are making the decision to help that animal acclimate and feel safe, all the same things we want for our human kids, right? We want our animals to feel safe with us. We want them to become a part of the family and we want them to feel comfortable with us and our kids. And we want our kids to be safe and to feel comfortable around them. And this is especially true for cats and dogs, right? These animals really are quite attuned to us and they are going to need our help feeling comfortable and safe in our home. And why does that matter? Well, it matters because our time and our attention are finite resources. So if you have just brought a new baby home, it's probably not the right time to also bring a new pet into your family. Likewise, if there have been other big changes in your family, if you have just gotten a new job, or maybe you're traveling more for work now and you're not home as much, or you've gone back to work after being home and maybe your child has started at a new school, that might be a tough time to bring a new pet into the home. It's going to be really important that you feel like you have the bandwidth to help your pet adjust and to help your child adjust to the pet. So there's never a perfect time to have a child or to bring a pet home, but I think we do need to make sure that we're not already so maxed out that we can't take that on because it is important to do it right. Okay, so speaking of doing it right, here are my five tips for introducing your child to a new pet. So the first one probably won't come as a surprise to you, but that is to prepare your child or children for what is about to happen. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we didn't have a ton of time to prepare our kids, but we had been talking about Getting a dog for a little while now. And we had been talking with the kids. What do you think about that? What would it be like? How do you think our new dog will be like Boomer or River? And how do you think it will be different? What is important to you when it comes to getting a new dog? So we had been having those kinds of conversations in general, but then when we knew we were bringing a new puppy home, we sat the kids down, we talked to them, we answered their questions We even watched some puppy training videos on YouTube. We talked to the kids about how to be safe around a dog, how to respect a dog, the kinds of things we're not gonna do, like pull the dog's ears or tail or pick it up without giving it some warning, those kinds of things. We talked about how a new puppy might sleep a lot and how there might be some accidents in the house until we help the dog learn where it's supposed to go to the bathroom. We talked to the kids about the different caretaking tasks like taking the dog out to go to the bathroom and feeding it and brushing it. And we asked them which ones they would be excited to participate in. We also talked to the kids about how puppies bite, puppies chew, puppies are experiencing the world through their mouth. And so that might mean that they are going to feel teeth on their skin sometimes. And we talk to them about how to handle that, what kind of body posture to use, how to get a grown-up for help if it feels unsafe. And we let them know that even though it might feel a little bit scary, that the puppy is not doing it to hurt them. The puppy is doing it because that's how they explore the world. And we assured them that we were going to help the puppy learn not to do that. As with pretty much everything in parenting, our kids are going to do so much better when we prepare them, even for the not so great parts of something, maybe especially for the not so great parts of what's coming up, right? Because I think it's easy to fall into this idea that when we get a new pet, it's going to be all snuggles and cuddles and running around the backyard playfully. And there's lots of that but there are also hard realities about raising a pet and about how the adjustment's gonna go. And so I think just preparing our kids for that and letting them know what they can expect can go such a long way to smoothing this transition. Now, my next tip also won't be too surprising, especially if you're a long-time listener, but my next tip is gonna be to expect and allow space for all feelings from your child, even the not-so-pleasant ones. Now again, you might be wondering, okay, but what could be so unpleasant about your child getting a puppy? Like literally, that is most kids' dream, but there are hard realities associated with bringing any kind of new pet home, especially a puppy or a kitten who is essentially a baby and is going to need so much of your time, attention, and love. My 2-year-old was obsessed with Boomer. She never got to meet River sadly because River died while I was pregnant with her, but she was obsessed with Boomer. He was her best buddy. They followed each other around everywhere. Boomer was always napping in the playroom while she was playing. I mean, so many adorable pictures of the two of them just being together. So she learned to love dogs from a very early age. And when Boomer died, she was so sad. She would talk about it and how we said goodbye and how it was sad. She was only 18 months old at the time, but it left an impact. And ever since Boomer died, she has just been obsessed with dogs. Every time we pass somebody walking a dog, she says, puppy, puppy, mommy, there's a puppy. And she always wants to watch puppy videos. That's something she does with my mom when they hang out. She is always asking about getting a puppy. So, it would be easy to expect that when she gets a literal puppy to join her family, that she would be nothing but excited, right? Well, not so much. So, let me tell you how this actually went. So, she was really excited at first and she just kept talking about Echo Puppy, Echo Puppy, which is adorable. And now we all call Echo Echo Puppy. But she also had a lot of jealous feelings and she had some regression with sleep and using the potty just like she might have if she had gotten a human baby sibling. There were times when I was taking the puppy out or holding the puppy that she would get indignant and want to sit on my lap or to nurse right now. There were times where she would have a meltdown because I wasn't available immediately to her. And she has really struggled with the puppy's biting because the puppy sees her as a peer, almost as another puppy not as a human child because she's so small still. So there have been moments where the puppy is playing with her by tugging on her shirt or nipping at her. And we've had to be really close by and really present to help stop that behavior and teach the puppy how to interact with my daughter in a safe and healthy way. The boys have been a little more able to correct the puppy and do some training with the puppy, which is awesome. And I'm going to talk more about that in just a minute. But it's been really tough for my two-year-old. So much so that she told my mom, no more puppy videos. I don't need to see any more puppies. So does this mean we made the wrong choice to get a puppy? No, absolutely not. It just means that we need to allow space for my daughter to feel and express her feelings. So I've talked to her a lot about how it might be hard to see mommy or daddy holding the puppy when she wants to be in our lap and how having a puppy might feel a little different than what she expected it to feel like. I think as parents, it can be really challenging when we do something for our family that we feel is a positive thing, like bringing home a new pet or having another baby. We feel like this is going to be such a positive change. And with time, it likely will be a positive thing. But in the beginning, our kids don't always experience it that way. And it can feel really challenging for us as parents that our kids are having a hard time with this thing that was supposed to be a good thing. But it's really important for us to allow our kids to express their negative feelings about these changes that we're making. So when you're bringing a new pet into the family, just like with any other change you're making in your family, expect and allow space for all feelings. My third tip might sound obvious, but this is really important, and that is to not leave your child and your new pet together unsupervised. Now, with time, and especially with older kids, as we get to know our new pet, and as we see our kids interact with the pet, we might be able to give them some time alone or a little more freedom to play with the pet. But with our younger kids, and or our kids who struggle to control their bodies, We always want to be nearby, and that is both for the safety of your child, because at the end of the day, pets are animals, and they are not predictable. Even with the best training, we always have to remember that they have animal instincts underneath all of that, and so we just need to be nearby. So we need to be nearby and supervising for the safety of our child, of course, but then also for the safety of the pet. I was talking to a parent recently who was feeling really frustrated because her three-year-old was not behaving appropriately with their new puppy. She said, I need to be able to leave them alone together. I can't supervise them 100% of the time, and I need to trust that she's going to treat the puppy appropriately. Well, here's the thing about that. Our young children do not have the impulse control to be trusted alone with a small animal. And this is especially true if your child has already demonstrated that they struggle to control their impulses and that they're pulling ears or pulling tails or whatever when they're around their pet. Now, I think this can be a moment where a lot of us go down the parenting rabbit hole. We start to think, oh my gosh, kids being mean to animals, that's a really big red flag. Something's got to be wrong. And no, that's not the case. Just remember that our kids' brains are still developing, and sometimes they're going to struggle to hold back the impulse to pull the puppy's ear or to squeeze the puppy really tight or to pull the puppy's tail or whatever. That does not mean that your child is bad or that your child doesn't care about your pet or doesn't care about animals in general. It doesn't mean any of those things. It just means that you have a young child whose impulse control is still developing, and they need you nearby when they're interacting with their pet, at least for now. So logistically speaking, how do we make this happen? Well, this is another one of those times when a yes space can be really helpful. Remember that a yes space is a space that is contained, right, so using a baby gate or a door that closes that your child can't open and walk out of the room. And it's a space where everything in that room is safe. Everything in that room is something your child is allowed to play with, is allowed to get into. And it's a space where you can supervise either through a baby monitor or just by being in the room next to it while not necessarily interrupting your child's play. So that's a yes space. And you might remember me talking a while back about finally creating one for our toddler when she was, I don't know, maybe 18 months old. Maybe she wasn't quite that old, but we waited way too long to create a yes space because I was worried about putting holes in the trim And I really wish we had done it sooner when we took down the baby gates after my second child got old enough to not really need them. I just never put them back up. And when we had my daughter, I just was like, well, maybe she just won't need it. And honestly, I wish I had done it sooner. She still will play in there for hours sometimes by herself. She absolutely loves it, and it has come in really handy when she wants to play uninterrupted by the puppy without the puppy getting into her toys, without having to worry about the puppy nipping at her. And then for the puppy, we are crate training the puppy, which is a way of helping establish a safe place for your puppy or your dog where they know that it is theirs, where no one's going to mess with them, where they can sleep comfortably. And also it helps with potty training a puppy because if you do it right, you have a small enough crate where they're not going to soil where they're sleeping. And then getting out of the crate, especially if you take them right outside where you want them to use the bathroom, it's a cue that, hey, now I can use the potty. So it's a wonderful thing. I highly recommend it if you have a puppy or a dog that you're training. But the combination of a yes, for your child and a crate for your dog can be really, really helpful as you are navigating getting them together and also letting them spend time apart when you're not right there to supervise. Which brings me to my fourth tip, which is to include your child in the process of caring for and training your new pet. To the extent possible, you want to curate positive experiences between your child and your pet. And the younger your child is, the more they are going to need your help with this. So using my own situation as an example, with my two-year-old, we have had a lot of supervised playtime where she's playing with the puppy and we are right there to correct the puppy if she nips. We are right there to make sure that the play is enjoyable for both of them. With our older kids, we have let them take her out to go to the bathroom. We've taught them how to call her to come. We've taught them how to do sit. We've taught them how to correct her if she's nipping or jumping. We've tried to do all of this in a very empowering way so that our kids know how to communicate with their pet. We're trying to teach them how to have a healthy relationship with an animal and we're modeling that and we're also helping them have little moments of success. We've also let all three kids Feed our new puppy, and we've let them put their hands in her dish while she's eating just to help avoid food aggression, to help her feel safe that we're not going to take her food, that it's okay if we reach for something, that we are there to care for her. That's a training tip that we learned with Boomer and River, and it's something that's been helpful to do with the kids now. And we've done all of this while being mindful of the fact that This dog is really our responsibility. We are not trying to put too much responsibility on the kids, but giving them little experiences, little moments of success where they are really starting to enjoy caring for and spending time with Echo. And also we're wanting them to feel empowered to correct her and to help her learn what's appropriate behavior, especially our boys, because they are old enough to start to do some of that. Our two-year-old, not so much, but again, that's why we are supervising her interactions with the puppy. So those are my four tips for successfully introducing your child to a new pet. I hope this has been helpful to you. And as always, if this episode sparked further questions or you have something else that you want to ask about, you can reach out to me, Dr. Hillary at RaisedResilient.com, and I will make an episode out of your question if I can. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we've got this. I so appreciate you listening and being here. It really means the world to me. And if you are enjoying this podcast, leave a review and share with someone who could use this message. I really and truly believe that this is how we change the world. We spread the word about raising resilient kids, about being cycle breakers. So share this podcast, leave a review, and let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Until next time, we've got this.